0: Warm spring days are arriving. Oh, Am my I gosh. right? Isn't it great? You know what? I need a new pair of shades that i don't have to baby. Do you know what I'm saying, John? I don't want to take care of them. Let me put them on, take them off, and not to worry Look, about it. Hey, them. Dave, I know exactly sorry, sorry, what I you mean. Sorry, I didn't mean to rant. Knock
1: around is the
0: solution. Hi, I'm Dave Barnes. And I'm John McLaughlin. And welcome to Dadville.
1: Dadville is a podcast where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of awesome dating. It's funny thoughts and deep talks. So please, enjoy your time here in Dadville and enjoy this episode with...
2: So say what you were just saying about nose wax. What were we talking about? Nose <laughs> Nose wax. <laughs> There's a nose wax, I like a
0: nose wax. <laughs> um, guys, you're yeah. checking in on Daville. You can tell we're already having a good time. Mm, having um, a great time. This guest. You stumbled upon the right party. <laughs> and it is the it is Andrew Rip party. So today we have the Distinguished. Uh, you're really tan right now. Thank you. Yeah, you are. And you look strong.
1: You. I was just going to say that. I, are you getting stronger
2: I do work out. Is that what you're asking? You def- are you, you talking just in you're the spirit realm? You're in
1: <laughs> the, the category. Realm. No, I always knew you were strong spiritually.
2: <laughs> I want to be clear on that. But you're
1: definitely in the category of someone where you're like, that person for sure works out.
2: I needed to do something for myself after the year of COVID. Okay, that was so it. this
1: is a recent thing.
2: This this a, very these recent. arms since, weren't, since weren't here in we're 2019. We're made for walking. Thank you. January 2021, I was like, something needs to change. I need to make uh-huh. some, some serious moves. Started working out. Started really going after it. Well, it's not like you looked bad beforehand. Thank you. I don't know about that. Okay. Well, you, did, you clearly didn't see me at the end of 2020.
1: No, this is my first time seeing you. Yes. Like, it's only been audio form before That's the before
2: truth. Um, yeah, I, I had this kind of idea yeah. to... I guess we can go into this. I have this idea of making a record around becoming, kind of like, this character to release these specific songs that carry a specific thing. I know this is kind of lofty. Let me keep going. Hang in there. We're with you. We're with you. Hang in there. We might have to edit this part out. We'll see. (laughs) No, I'm in. I'm in.
0: This is what the people want,
2: Rip. This is what
0: they need, man.
2: Uh, so. I I've recently kind of started releasing songs that um, come from more of kind of my like faith walk my uh, what I've been learning that uh, through through my life and and, in prayer life and what comes out of uh, songs beyond just hooky melodies Mm -hmm. and cool stories. Mm -hmm. There's actually an opportunity as a writer to share truth, pair Mm -hmm. truth with melodies, and then they they carry a, a whole different kind of power. Right, um, and I've learned that just based on being in a season of life where I listened to music and felt the power of it lift me out of circumstance. Yeah. So in this time, I kind of made, uh, I, I don't know, maybe it sounds a little cheesy, but almost like made a kind of planted a flag in the sand. When I write songs, I'm gonna, I'm going to recognize the power of it and the gift of it beyond just entertaining somebody for three and a half minutes. But like, this is an opportunity to pair what I've learned in my life to a melody in hopes that it might lift somebody else up. Mm. Yeah. So in that thought process, I realized, wow, these are kind of like... Songs are almost weapons in a way, where we pass mm. out weapons to the, to the army, if you will, and they get to use them in their own battles. Yeah. Um, so I had this idea, what if I became a character that I'd want to receive a weapon from? Wow. What would it look like if I became the guy that you would like, you, you could see him in your life. Who would you take a sword from and be like, okay, dude, it's on. Yeah. Somebody that's done it. Mm. Somebody that has become and embodied this warrior. Wow. So I don't know. That's, that started it. I, uh-huh. And, and that's, that's kind of why, you know, I got into it at the beginning of the year. This thought process of becoming a character. Wow. To deliver weapons to the army. Wow. Okay.
1: Okay. Yeah. So since then, have you come to this crossroad I'm picturing you in your writer's room and you're like alright the flag is in the sand yeah we're not just going for hooks we're going for meaning and that's power. right and then <laughs> I can imagine immediately if that were me the next <laughs> idea that would come to me would be so candy pop dude straight pop goes it, the weasel it would be like a hit and I would be like dang it okay diet starts tomorrow that's I'm gonna finish right. this song <laughs> yeah. yeah diet <laughs> That's <just> right." <laughs>
2: Man, you say writing room. My writing room is the, the, like, taking a walk with my dog or on the bike in the park. I, my personality is very, I'm a seven on the, the Enneagram, if you're into that or whatever. But, like, just very, I like freedom. I don't like walls. I like freedom. I like cruising around on the bike, get on the skateboard, go work out, sit down at the piano for 17 seconds, scream a song <laughs> into my phone, back on the bike. Yep. That's my, that's yeah, That's my, my writing room. So. Yep. For me, it's more about um, kind of getting into a place where I'm not in my head, and that's why yeah. I think I like riding on my bike or in, in the park on my skateboard. Yeah, yeah. Gets, um, a, gets you into your body. It gets me into my body. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. But yeah, so... And what a body it is. And what a body <laughs> it what is. a
1: body it is.
2: And the, the, and the whole idea of becoming the character is not something that, like, it, every song doesn't need to be some, like, warrior mode. Like, here's some truth. It, we also need lighthearted joy, and just fun little moments. I mean, I'm making some music right now where I'm taking scripture that has impacted me over the last couple of years and just looping it almost like a meditative Mm. prayerful. I don't even know if I'll release it. It's what I'm doing in the mornings right now is I'll take a scripture from my notes over the last year and just sit at the piano and sing it over and over and over and over again. And it's helping me to kind of get myself into that place where I'm out of my head and in my heart Mm. a little bit more. Um, But yeah, that that all plays into the the physical kind of getting into the gym and getting myself kind of centered. Yeah. Interesting. So So, so everybody,
0: they know you now. They're listening. They're going... If I didn't know him, I love him. And if I already loved him, I love, love him now. Yes. Um, There's
1: so many Google image searches of Andrew. Right now. Happening right now. There is one. When I
2: moved to Nashville, you guys have the weird Google image. When you look it up, you're like, how Uh, did that picture ever make it out of our phone and into the world? My
0: Wikipedia page (laughs) looks like I was playing it like a family reunion (laughs) or a class reunion. That's what it looks like. I think
1: that my Wikipedia photo, I mean, the last time I looked at it was probably seven years ago, but it's me. Playing electric guitar on stage, <laughs> which they got. Whoever took that picture, they got the one. The photo one time, did you when that they, they had mic'd the electric. They <laughs> <laughs> with the straight. Stand? It was the sound guy took the photo. <laughs> he he runs my admin.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Here's a fun fact. To your point, you know Wikipedia is super duper duper con- like stringent about that. Like like yeah. th- they do not ever they. That the reason those photos are, are always the Wikipedia photos is because Wikipedia has a policy: the the photo that is used on your Wikipedia page has to be a candid; it cannot yeah, it be professional. It can't be like a yeah. A, and so that's why everybody's Wikipedia pages are mostly terrible photos of themselves. Interesting. Like I I went on a because people don't really look that good. Yeah, they in want reality. the real thing.
2: We all look like yeah. crap, I don't want Let's the real be honest. Thing
0: me. That makes me sad. Okay, <laughs> so
1: on. So, we're never well, going to get this intro. <laughs> Yeah, this, this intro is going to be the outro. The, the outro, <laughs> yeah. and so
0: that was Andrew Rip. Let us tell you a little bit about it. Let's take it into the outro. <laughs> into <you>. the outro. <laughs> um, you didn't finish your picture about this story about the picture, so it's a it picture. It doesn't matter. Of, it's I, a candy. I
2: took a picture. I was in, fully clothed in the bathtub in my tiny little apartment, and somehow it wound up.
0: Yeah, that's it's the all one. over the place. I did a fully clothed bathtub in my first like super pro photo shoot.
2: It was it Nirvana. Like there was an Nirvana sh- shoot that oh, they look all they the actually bat- look yeah. cool yeah. in the bathtub yeah. together. Yeah. So I was like, I'm gonna be cool.
0: You're like, dude, me and the Vons, dude.
2: I'm like, hey, let's let's snap a few pics in the <laughs> <laughs> in the pulley club bathtub. <laughs> Who hadn't done that?
0: Uh, okay, so this is what we call the brag sheet, Andrew. I'm gonna I'm gonna brag on you for a minute. You ready? Go there. Okay. Andrew Rip is an American singer and Grammy nominated songwriter based in Nashville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. First broke into the national music scene as a songwriter. His contributions, stu- such as Ryan Cabrera's album, You Stand Watching, have charted on the Billboard Hot 100, hey, Top 40 Mainstream, Pop 100. 99.9. 9 <laughs> but 9. it's still on there. <laughs> Pop 100 and Hot Digital <laughs> Songs charts. As an artist, he, re- he has released five studio albums.
2: Is that right? feels like more than that. I feel like there's more, but hey, man, it's semantics. This was from 83, so it may be a little
0: outdated. (laughs) Uh, Rip's second album, She Remains the Same, was released on September 21st, 2010. Who produced that? The best producer of all time. Breaking the top 100 on the Billboard New Artist chart. I didn't know that. His third album, One Let Go, was produced by uh, Grammy Award winner Charlie Peacock, and was released on April 16th, 2013. In 2020, Rip was nominated for a Grammy Award. How about that for co-writing the song "Rescue Story" by Zach Williams? He just had a number one song on the radio. Come on, with his song "Jericho."
2: So let me ask you a question. I wanted to insert a few things in. I know there.
0: you did I would not. We'd mute you out. Uh, so here's here is um, here's what we ask everybody after I read that. Like when you hear that, how, like what do you think? Like how do you how do you respond to that?
2: I immediately was like, okay. Uh, so honored to have been able to work with so many incredible people. Mm. Let me let me say that first. But the part that I wanted to insert was right after the made record with award-winning uh producer in 2016 and then insert which led to panic attacks and a <laughs> mental breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> that well-worn path. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everything's a gift though. So I, I do feel like all of those little kind of like landmarks in my life, right? That's the thing about being a musician. We get to like mark these moments. Is every couple yeah. of years we get the photos. That's what we right. used to look that's like. That's a great point. <laughs> exactly I never about that. It's like this journal that's in the world to, yeah. for
0: everybody to read. I've never you know what's funny? I've never thought about that. Mm. It's so true. It's like our job carries this intrinsic um, timeline. That's yeah. documented it's where documented. I think a lot of other jobs don't necessarily have that. Right. But yeah, ours does. I've never thought about that.
2: E, and it, it, equally, you know, it includes the brilliant moments that mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. occasionally touch us mm-hmm. and the worst, most embarrassing <laughs> moments as well. Yeah.
0: Right. So, but, so, so. Let me. I, w- I want to talk about this. Maybe we can circle back and we get to sort of the L- the L A. season of your life. But and this is cheating because I mean I know you so well. Right. So this is. I have to admit, like to all the listeners, I have <laughs> I have the inside of inside scoops because mm-hmm. we're such good friends. So I have to be careful. I was laughing with John before. Who I mean, obviously you guys are friends too. But mm-hmm. I was like, I got to be careful the questions I ask because I know so much about your life that it doesn't turn into like. John's just sitting there, like I don't know what any of these references are. What are we I talking don't even about? Know. Yeah, what are we talking about? Well, and so,
1: also when you give your answer, Dave can be like, "That's not really true." The truth. Is- <laughs> Keep going with that. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're lying. Um, I love half of that. Yeah, give me the other half. Yeah, so, but yeah. I
0: do, I do want to address because I think this is something a lot of people probably don't know about you, and which we can get again get back to when we sort of talk about L.A. But um, I mean, the Ryan Cabrera thing is such a fun fact to me about your career. That's mm. such a, and it's such a big point. You know part because then it was a little bit of a launching in some ways of your music career but it's so random to me right it's like i forget about that with you even though it's such a big part of your story but i bet you a lot of people don't know that connection Mm
2: -hmm. you know and how that factors into your story yeah i remember it was i just moved to california in the like early 2000 and i was watching trl you guys remember that Mm -hmm. carson daly Mm -hmm. yeah just slinging all the latest pop hits, just, yep. <laughs> and I remember seeing Ryan on there. I didn't know him yet, but I saw him, spiky hair, uh, you know, handsome fella, yeah. singing these sweet songs. Song called "On the Way Down," and it was like popping off. I was like, "This is awesome! I'm gonna get him some songs." I told my friend no who way. was sitting with me, "Yeah, oh, I didn't know." That boy, so dude. I'm gonna get him some songs, and I had a five song. EP that I had made Not to release But just like of songs That I had written I had maybe written 10 songs in my life At that point But 5 of them Were on this CD um, What do you mean Not to release? It wasn't about me kind As like an artist yet reel. I was oh, almost I just like Putting some things together yeah, yeah. Like this is what I have
1: So wait what, when, when you see him on TRL Yeah And you're like I'm gonna get him some songs My
2: original intention Was to write songs Okay for other artists. So that's why you're there. Yes. That's why you're in LA. Which is, no offense, I love you. Thank you. That's ridiculous to
0: me that you can sing like you can sing and you're like, I'm just going to write songs for other people.
2: Well, I think it's more, it was more of a like a confidence thing. Yeah, I got, it. I feel that. I Do you feel know what I mean? Or, or, I didn't or attainability.
0: Know. Like it's probably. Yeah. Yeah, I got that. I get that. I but, just,
1: but did you really want to be an artist the whole time, but you didn't, you weren't at the point where you're like, I can't say that out loud. I'll say, I'm, I want to write songs for other people.
2: I don't have the answer other than I knew that uh, writing songs to me was really, like, I, I felt like I could do that really well and yeah. I hadn't really focused on being, I, and still to this day, have not focused on an instrument, including my voice. It's been more about, um, you know, crafting something that will be accessible yeah. for other people. And I remember the moment when I saw him on TRL, wow, my songs kind of fit this without me changing anything.
0: Were you in L.A. at yeah, the time? Yeah. I you was in L.A. Go, at the okay. time. So, so I'd
2: heard through a friend. Everybody knows everybody out there, like, including in Nashville. When you're in the music industry, right. you wind up linking right. up with people. Right. So I had a friend who knew Ryan. And I didn't know that until I saw the TRL thing, started talking about my experience. I was like, I want to try to get this guy some songs. A friend knew that he was going to be at the Viper Room one night watching his roommate put on a show. Viper so room. i went to the viper room with a cd with my name and number on it you best believe i was that guy <laughs> that's
0: amazing though. <laughs> so, <no. classic. clears throat> so classic walked into the viper room
2: there's ryan at the bar with his buddy uh Turned out to be a guy named Brad. Um, Pitt. Shoot. Brad Alessi. Who, Brad, yeah, exactly. He was going by Brad Brad Alessi Pitt was there, but he point. wasn't at the bar. Sure.
0: <laughs> so Brad <laughs> Alessi the was in the there. in acoustic set.
2: <laughs> with his buddy, uh, Ryan, it, at the bar, and his friend was playing. And I was like, okay, how am I going to do this? So it doesn't feel weird. Ryan goes, gets up and goes to the bathroom. And I walk up to Brad, his friend. Didn't know who he was. Wow. I said, hey, if I give you this, will you listen to it? I, I write songs. And he's like. Totally. And I was like, my number's on there. Give me a call if you guys dig it. And cut to maybe two hours later, they were in the car. Ryan calls. He's like, what are you doing tomorrow? Dang. Come on. It was awesome. I mean, just like, that doesn't As this is happen. this
1: happening, are you like, wait, this is really happening the way that it As easily as it could possibly happen. I felt like... You're like, I'm thinking I'm supposed to do this like 800 times, and then maybe one person will do this.
2: Yeah, and those are the stories you hear, you know. But but, but, but
0: you have to admit, there was a small party that was like, yeah, you're calling me. Because you
1: don't walk
0: up to that
2: Why would I do
1: that without without that kind of confidence? It's the same same guy who sees him on TRL and is like, I'm going to get him some songs. Yes, that's that's what I mean.
2: That's what I mean. That's right. There was, there was that kind of confidence in the sense of just like, oh, I've got something to say here. I've got something to participate. Yeah. I and had you're something to give. you at this point? 24? Uh, 22? Yeah. yeah. Younger, yeah. 21, 22.
0: So, so, he, so, so your so little part what, is still intact.
2: <laughs> Hasn't been broken yet. <laughs> oh, that thing oh was God. just <laughs> perfectly kind of that purple-red color. Just yeah, beating. it's just beaten away. Yeah. No Ready issues. Ready to attack the world. <laughs> And so I get the phone call. I go over there the next day. We become really good friends pretty quickly. And, um, I mean, he's just salt of the earth. Ryan's an amazing dude. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I still talk to him occasionally. I wish we talked more. But he, um, yeah, just graciously cut that song uh, along with four others. So I had five songs on his second record. That's crazy. So so at
0: this point – When you get over there, does he say, I want to record this? Or is he like, I want to kind of get to know you. I like what you're doing.
2: We, yeah, he wanted to, it it was weird. At at first it started him going, your voice is awesome. Can Mm. I produce some songs? Oh, gotcha. Okay. Okay. And so we wound up recording three songs. I don't remember how that all went down, but eventually it became like, these aren't for me. These are for you. And Shine On was one of the songs. The old shake and bake. The old shake and bake. (laughs) So Shine On was one of these songs, which is his first single on the second record, um, which was on that demo CD. And we shifted around. Ryan really did made some some great um, improvements on it, and he put it out. And suddenly I was like, this is going to be easy. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Oh, music is easy. You're just hanging out at bars giving...
0: giving celebrities cds for the next <laughs> yeah. six months
2: so like i went to staples bought a pack of 20 cds printed <laughs> yeah. out a few songs and Done. now i got a few houses in malibu it's not sure. a big deal yeah it doesn't need to be that big i mean
1: the deal. hardest part is just finding parking at staples <laughs> you know beyond that once you get past that you're you're golden yeah it, it, but hang in there man
2: i know it's a headache i know it's hard <laughs> it can be tough
1: try La Brea.
2: No. yeah It'd pop on the four hundred five. There's one right off the four hundred five in La Brea. I don't even know if those meet. Oh my gosh! I tell you to. what,
0: they don't sell anymore is CDRs. You are not going to find a CDRs, a CDR pack in the stables. Um, so, so let's back up a little bit. So you you grow up in chi Town, right? In That's Chicago. Right. He looked at me. I was like, "Have I had this wrong?
2: <laughs> you from Idaho? <laughs> no, Chicago, Palatine, yep. Illinois, yep. Northwest suburb." Yep.
0: Yeah, what what is the what's the fam like growing up like? What is that dynamic like?
2: We've got from the outside, it looks pretty pretty strong and and great. You know, mm-hmm. hit the church on Sunday morning. You know, do the the high fives, the hugs, and the handshakes. Well, those are all ages. High fives, hugs, and handshakes, guys. Let's try to hit pause. Hit pause on this. <laughs> yeah, I've got to beat. all right. Now we're back. So. Uh, <laughs> Dude, so, yeah, I mean, look, don't get me wrong. My my family was was beautiful in so many ways. We had a lot of our challenges and struggles. Uh, parents just kind of wound up. I was maybe 14 years old, and it was just a lot of turmoil between the two. My, my mom and dad just eventually wound up with a situation where my dad was – My my mom decided it wasn't working anymore. And when my dad got that news, it just – it was not a good scene. Mm. So there was a situation when I was 14 where I just suddenly my dad was gone for wow. maybe a couple of years and I didn't mm. see him. Oh, you didn't see him at all? No, for two wow. years. Was he still in Chicago? He, I think he moved to uh, either Florida or North Carolina or maybe both. I think he started in Florida. When, but, but he, he, was, wound up he was not back. around. He was gone. Like yeah, y'all weren't talking on the phone or anything. Suddenly gone. Um, so leading up to that. Yeah
1: because I was just talking uh, recently, I can't remember if it was you and I, Dave, we were talking about this, but no, actually I was talking with my parents about this the other night. I remember when I was a kid, going through this phase where I was really concerned with my parents' marriage. Mm -hmm. And I I mean like young, like I was like seven, eight, nine years old or whatever. Amy and I have talked about this. She went through the same thing. I wonder if it's this kind of like, you know, childhood development thing that everybody goes through. I don't know. We'll talk about that with David Thomas when he comes back. But but leading up to that, were you, do you remember as a kid being like concerned about your mom and dad Mm. and their relationship? It's a good
2: question because I think now looking back, the answer is yes. But in the moment, the only thing that I had ever been exposed to was that energy and those conversations and that kind of fear you know what I mean? There's a lot of fear around money, and can we afford right. the rent? And can we, Right. you know what I'm saying? So, so it's not
1: like there were these glory years, and then things started going
2: no, no, downhill. No, no. yeah. So,
0: But did you have, I'm always fascinated with this. Did I just turn to Australia? Yes, it i fascinated did. by this. Oh, fascinated.
2: <laughs> Is there an R in fascinated?
0: Fascinated. Narded. Fascinated. There's
2: an R in no.
0: No, 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 Was there any, because I I found that with my friends who have struggled with that, like y'all are saying, because whatever reason, I think I was just too oblivious. That's a lot of my life is how I'm just not paying attention. But that wasn't a struggle for me. Um, Was there, was some of that, that y'all would go to friends' places and you didn't feel how you felt? And so there was a juxtaposition of like, yes, and that's what alerted you to like, my mom and dad don't. Seemed to be like his mom and dad. And that that's I don't think that was the case for okay, me. Okay.
1: I think I just, for whatever reason, at some point, I really started noticing. And I didn't even know why at the time, but like if my parents are holding hands, obviously, if they're like having an argument, yeah, I'm yeah, noticing yeah. that. Yeah. If they're, if they are affectionate and, and they kiss, I, I remember just liking that. Yeah. I like, there was something about, Security. Ne- yeah, security. Needing mm. to feel secure. Maybe it's something with like, this is my armchair theory, but like when you start to go to school and you start to spend maybe more time out of the house than you do in the house, you your little brain wants to come home to stability. Stability. That's a know? great point. But that wasn't the case for you. That's you, really good. You're, you went to other friends' houses and observed something different. Well, yeah. Unique.
2: I mean – Again, it wasn't that my parents like messed this up. It was just, they, they were having their own experience. They were doing the best of what they had. But when I went to other people's homes, I remember, I I can specifically recall a Holy Spirit kind of peace, this thing that Mm. I'd heard of at church, but never really experienced it until Mm. I walked into this specific friend's home where nobody had to say anything. I just felt secure. Wow. Yeah. It didn't take my the Jeez. my parents holding hands for me to go like it's gonna be okay. It was like yeah. no 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 I can just there's something happening in this wow. place. Jeez, that's amazing. And they gave that credit to the Holy Spirit. And mm. I remember being like, Oh, like this isn't up until that point, this that idea was kind of Mickey Mouse to me. It was like it was fictitious. It idea. was just an idea. Yeah, and right. And now I'm like, Oh that's what that's called. Like, yeah. that's a presence of something. And that's how yeah. it feels. Yeah. And I was like, well, if they can access that in their home, I want to access that in mine. And um, it, uh, I, I just remember being exposed to something that I knew now was possible. Wow. I wasn't, a, I wasn't in a place to be able to usher that in. I, I didn't right. know what that looked like. Yeah. Um, but I knew it was there, and I knew it was, it was within reach in some So, So the, when, when your dad comes back— Yes. Uh, How long is he around before you head to LA? Uh, A couple years. He had come back. I was maybe sixteen, seventeen, and he came back, and I just missed. You know, I I remember uh, we talked a couple times, and I wound up doing a little bit of work with him at eighteen years old, right after I graduated high school. We did some some work together. He he refinishes old like bathtubs and tiles and, like, appliances. And in Chicago, you can imagine all those buildings downtown are yeah, yeah, yeah. just a million old. Them. So he would get these huge projects and need help, and I, I jumped in on a few of them. I was a horrible employee, just disaster, <laughs> disaster. <laughs> but he was my dad, and he, like, you know, it was a lot of grace. He's right. going to come good, right? So,
1: so what was your relationship with, like, what was your
2: relationship with your dad, like, up to 14? Were you guys close? We were as close as we could possibly be. You know, my pops did a lot of – there was a lot of worth tied up in performance. You know, like I was a baseball guy, uh-huh. or at least I thought I was. But my my, it, my dad was a baseball guy, so I was a baseball so guy.
1: So baseball was like the language. That was
2: the thing. He was very uh, – and I've learned so many incredible tools that I still use today because of those years of him teaching me how to – you know, if you really want this – you can, the, nothing's impossible was a big kind of like theme over what uh-huh. my dad would always give me, which was so great to have. But I remember maybe 12 years old, there was a travel baseball team I wanted to make. And um, I mean, these these kids, they, they were playing over 90 games a year. So it was like Gosh. incredible amount of baseball for a young kid. But I was yeah. so stoked because my friends were making this team and I wasn't quite there yet, but I really wanted it. And I remember going to my dad and, uh, and asking him, you know, I, I don't know what I need to do to, to make this team, but I, I like, it's, it's all I want. Like my boys are going to be together all summer and I don't want to miss out. Mm -hmm. He's like, if you want to make this team, we're going to make it undeniable if you really want to do it. So we were out there, he would have me out there practicing before practice for two hours. Yeah. And he had a bucket of tennis balls instead of baseball. So he could throw them faster. Uh So if it would hit me, it wouldn't hurt. So he was chucking the ball <laughs> to a twelve-year-old, and I learned how to hit it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So over that time, I just kind of learned, and you know, I wind up making the team. It was like unnegotiable. I was that good because we had put in the time. Really? So it paid off. <clears throat> totally paid off. And it was an incredible year being with my friends. But I just remember that. I go back to that a lot. I'm like, yo, if you really want something, wow, get in the trenches and do the work. Yeah. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. That's right. That's exactly (laughs) right. But I, you know, my pops, as many many difficult times as we've had, I can also come up with equally as many beautiful times. Mm. And I think we can probably all relate to that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Dave.
1: What? Do you remember your first time at summer camp? (laughs) Yes, and
0: uh-huh. I have just so many fond memories, John. I, I don't want you to tell me just, about I, it. I just I want you to gonna, say yes or no. There is one funny story. Okay, sure. Okay. And also, how about that campfire? Uh, I mean,
1: wasn't it the best? Like sitting around, best. ghost uh, stories, yes. sing-alongs, like the
0: cool counselor's got his acoustic uh, yeah, guitar yeah. out. You know? Brent. Brent and his acoustic guitar <laughs> and that Taylor. It's always Brent. Uh, you know, I agree with all that, except for when it was your cabin's chore to have to clean up that ashy, awful mess. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. And listen, come to think of it, it isn't just the tricky cleanup that can make the campfire nope. bummer, okay? So much more. Last week, we were camping with the kids before school starts, sitting around the fire, telling stories, catching up. That's what our family does. The wind was barely blowing and the flames were out of control. My whole family was coughing up a storm. Ugh. How are you supposed to spook your kids if you're hacking up a lung, Dave? Well, you can. If you hack hard enough, it will scare them, but that's for different true. reasons. You that's know
3: what true. I
1: mean? Now, listen, you're going to love Solo Stove. No, tell me. All right? Welcome to the future, Dave. With Solo Stove's smokeless fire pit, you can experience all the joys of gathering around, catching up with your five-year-old, around the campfire Mm -hmm. without a messy cleanup.
0: That does sound like the future, but how do they do it, John? What are they made of? I'll tell
1: you right now. Okay. Each wood-burning fire pit, grill, and camp stove is made from stainless steel and designed to regulate airflow and burn more efficiently. So... There's very little
0: smoke. Okay.
1: And hardly anything to
0: clean up. Wow. No
1: charred chunks of wood that you're like, where do I put this? You
0: know, just pure white ash. Oh my gosh, Sean, that sounds amazing. I gotta tell you what I don't want more in my life. What? Smoke. No.
1: Oh gosh. Well, then you gotta up. get a
0: solo stove,
1: Dave. I bought the Ranger model. Okay. Okay. It's a compact and portable fire pit that fits perfectly for traveling, so like to the beach, Ooh. packing it for a camping trip okay. on a warm summer night. Mm-hmm. Uh, with solo stove, there's no need to search your car high and low for matches or a lighter. No stressing over wet or rotted wood. Mm-hmm. Gross. All you need is a few bits of starter, and your fire is ablaze in minutes. Wow. Dave, there's always a reason to gather around a fire, mm. right? And Solo yeah. Stove just took away any reason not to. Oof. And now, you can get $10 off when you use the promo code DADVILLE at checkout. So go to solostove.com, and remember, you get $10 off Ooh. when you use the promo code
0: DADVILLE. So when he came I mean when he came back was it any different than that or did you or, or, cuz I mean that's a pretty um important sort of like age for a for a kid like yeah. you've done a lot of growing in the few years he's been gone I'm sure That's you right You know what I mean
2: Yeah I um Yeah I just I I feel like you know my my pops has got we our relationship has never been what we both hope it could Mm. be one day, Mm
3: -hmm. but
2: that gives me hope really. I mean, we, it's like, you can see when you can see the bend in the road, that means you're headed somewhere rather Mm. than like, you can't see it. It's like, so I see something for us that we haven't yet, um, uh, arrived at. And, um, I think we both, we both could really, you know, I know that if he was here, he would agree. Yeah. So what, so what, so why LA? So all of a sudden you're just like,
0: I'm ready to leave Chicago. I'm going to head out to California. There was
2: an equal amount of California's awesome. Who doesn't want to go there? Mm -hmm. Uh, Had a couple friends that had moved out. Saved by the bell. This is where Zach Morris lives. I'm going. Where is he? I'm totally going. I'm here. Where is he? That guy's vibe is awesome. (laughs) Um, And then also just like getting out of a space of just like, I need to figure out who I am without this. Um, So grabbed my guitar and, and did the, did the drive? I remember when I when I moved to California. I'm like you, Dave. I'm like kind of oblivious. I'm just off, just floating on a breeze. I didn't know California had mountains. Yeah, I don't know that. I would have known that either. I, I just no. I saw beaches and palm trees yeah, yeah, in my mind. Yeah, yeah, So I'm like driving to Azusa Pacific uh, University. Oh, you're going to school? That's right. I wasn't going to Azusa. There's a school next door called Citrus. It's very <laughs> affordable. <laughs> Very affordable. Just you were you were uh, extremely to the affordable. branch manager exactly. <laughs> right. But my buddies were going to Azusa Pacific. They had an extra room. So, so, so Is like, that how come you knew out? about that? It was like you had right. friends heading out there? Okay. okay, there was an extra space. Yeah,
0: there was an did. extra bed. The yeah. adjacent smaller school is just unbelievable. You just tell people like
1: oh, you just kind of point. Yeah, you know, hard going school down there. There's a school
0: down the street. <laughs> there's a school down the street. <laughs> it's great.
2: Yeah, very so,
0: affordable. It's Havad Very affordable <laughs> Havad, Havad Junior College
1: H-U-V-A-U-D oh Havad Havad
0: ah. <laughs> It's not crimson It's more like a lighter red Lighter red and white It's a great spot Oh my
2: gosh You can get in with
0: a 3.8 <laughs> <laughs> Or just physical strength If you Good can dip, press, two ten a Couple times, you're in <laughs> You're in <laughs>
2: You got daddy issues? You go over here. <laughs> I was qualified. I was immediately qualified. They welcomed uh, me with open arms. The mascot
0: is a broken dream. <laughs> uh, it's just the dude who's really sad with slick back hair.
2: Unbuttoned a, down to his stomach. A beat up car doesn't stop. <laughs>
0: oh my gosh.
1: Oh man.
2: That was a strong pivot, boys. I don't know how we're going to get back to the <laughs> promise land. I just want you to
1: keep doing that voice for the rest <laughs> of the <God>. interview.
0: <laughs> Golly, most. I'm just imagining that mascot. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay. So dream. so we're so off topic. So you go Sorry. You we go. were talking
1: about parking at Staples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What does a
0: broken dream look like? <laughs> That's what
1: I'm
2: trying to figure in out. A, man. In in a mascot sense. <laughs> I'm Let's trying to, go. You there. don't
0: understand how much my
2: brain is trying to understand yeah, what a, that
1: looks like. A middle-aged guy in an apartment and uh
2: <laughs> no a part-time job, you know. Oh. Are you describing me?
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. So okay, so you so you get out, you get out to California. You're like, "Oh my gosh, there's mountains. This whole vibe is very different than what I thought."
2: Yeah, I just, I remember, you know, that, that, um, that drive over the mountains, you get into Azusa, and I was like, wow, this is just a fresh, like a surprise in a good way. Exactly. I was, uh, and, and then to, I had never moved away from home. Like I yeah, had always yeah. been living under the, yeah, yeah, not supervision so much as just like the, care and economically yeah. i had resources to do what i needed to do right and now it was like if you don't figure out how to make four hundred dollars a month to pay for your rent like you got to go home so mom and dad were like you can go I was, yeah but I was you, this is your thing see you later You're, okay okay so okay. i would fly home for the first six months i remember flying home every few weeks to do a few like refinishing bathtubs and tiles with your dad. And make a bunch of cheese go back uh-huh. Um, and that's when I was writing the songs that wound up with Ryan. Oh wow! So so
0: when does that when does
2: that start though?
0: When does music? How does that get happen?
2: That happened when I was supposed to be going to classes. So in California during the Had you sung before but, at but all? When did music music start? Like back uh, in Chicago, obviously. So like first time I played a piano. But or like picked when up a guitar? did music music start? So music yeah. in general. Yeah. <laughs> Just, I just—I ask every guest this: <laughs> When broken dreams were born, music begins. <laughs> music
1: begins. That's when the first song was written.
0: Oh my God! I came at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, no. You, I'm so sorry. This is a problem. Back with when broken dreams began. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> So you start writing in Chicago. Because obviously to be in California to start writing, that feels – I was going to say it doesn't fit my timeline. I've maybe written
2: five songs in Chicago, horrible songs. Um, One of them – this is kind of a fun story I'll share. So family I was talking about that exposed me to this peaceful kind of like thing that was accessible but I had never really known the extent of. This family uh, was a part of my life maybe from 12 years old up into my – like late teens, um, and it's one of the players from the the Chicago Bears. Eighty five guy named Mike Singletary. I mean, it was his family, the man. Oh, okay. So his wife and my mother had become friends through some church activities that they were doing. I think my mom was like doing an aerobics class. She was teaching an aerobics class. And Could you imagine going, Mike sure. teaching that class? Oh my gosh! Yes, please. So she wound up really good friends, and then we would start hanging out with their family, and I was just th- the Singletary family. Um, And I've asked them, by the way, if I could share just kind of more about them. But they are just salt of the earth, incredible, just like God-fearing, just solid individuals. I mean, uh, they've changed my life just by exposing me to what's possible in that regard. And their family is just really tight. So I remember um, having had that connection to somebody who's extremely connected, like Mike, because he's in the public eye. Um, after high school, I had maybe three or four songs, maybe five songs. And I called Mike while I was doing these tubs with my dad, Mm -hmm. finishing tubs. I'm like, I got to figure out how to get into music somehow because I love doing this. And they, I remember they had a piano at their house when I was young and I would just sit down. I picked out that song, Rocket Man by uh, Elton John Mm -hmm. and Desperado by the Eagles. Mm -hmm. Those are like, those were my two that I could play. Mm. Um, uh Interesting because they're not like I was going to say songs, those aren't like necessarily. Uh, I was just heart and soul. It was more right. about like I just loved those songs and yeah. I needed to figure. I'm sure I wasn't playing them correctly. Sure, it, none of that was going on. It was like right. okay, here's a chord that make I can sing that over. Yeah, but so I'm maybe 18 years old, graduate high school by the skin of my teeth, and make it to a point where I'm like I'm going to call Mike and see if he knows anybody in the music industry because I have some songs and I need some kind of, maybe somebody can help me. And, um, I called him one morning. He's like, Hey, um, let me make some phone calls. There's a specific gentleman that I know, uh, who wound up singing at Mike's induction to the hall of fame, a guy named Richard Marks. Oh yeah. So Richard Marks sang his guy, Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Lived on the North side of Chicago at the time. And Mike calls me immediately back. He's like, Tomorrow morning, I'm going to pick you up early. We're going to Richard oh, Marta's. I love that so much. So I remember getting to his house and just being totally intimidated. This beautiful home, Grammys all over the place, what plaques all over the event, walls. Sorry. He just wrote this, I promise you, yes. for insane. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking, so it was this? at the top of the charts. Is it,
1: I've been to his house in Chicago a couple of times. Oh, you did, have. Did he have the uh, the studio built with like the long hallway? The long hallway down with all the awards. It? Yes,
2: that's what I mean, I'm, how I'm walking through there. That? Like my eyes are going in different directions. Just like, how yeah. is this possible? Oh my gosh!
0: You notice I don't have a hallway when you walk in. Here. You don't Go have ahead. a hallway. There's so no you, hallway.
2: You're gonna to need to build one after we'll the next build. couple of years. Thank you. Put all those awards. You got a driveway, but they're playing basketball out there. We don't want to mess with. They're balling it. They're open. So I get to the house and um, Mike had – the Singletary's have a bunch of kids. They have seven kids. So I remember there was two kiddos with us, young ones, um, that came to this that meeting. That went with you? Yeah, that went with us. And so I just remember this moment. Do you remember the piano room in the studio? It's like this round, wooden, acoustically sound, perfect room. Uh-huh. There's a piano in the middle. Yep. So I sit at the piano and um, – I remember this because I was terrified. Richard leans over the piano, like, within two feet from my face. And he's like, show me what you got. Dang. And I, I knew my song wasn't very good.
3: <laughs> you <laughs> just mean, start playing,
2: wherever <laughs> you go. And then, so I play him this song, and he, uh, much to my surprise, goes, I was going to tell you to move to California, cut your teeth, kind of get into the, to the trenches and do the thing, but I think I can help you here. Um. Wow. So that turned into us writing a couple songs together. Um. He wound up releasing a record at that time, which we all, or we in this room know, is a lot of work and a lot of being gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So suddenly, I was just like, it's. It was more, more and more difficult to get a hold of him because he, his life was exploding with good things, and I was like, he was going to tell me to move to California. So I called some friends that lived out there in Azusa, the school next to the community sure. college yeah. <laughs> 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 and uh, moved out there. So that's, that's what pushed me. Did to y'all ever reconnect? Richard? You and Richard. Yeah. Uh, I remember talking to him maybe a few years later. We never really connected. Gotcha, I would okay. love that one day to, yeah. to sit down with him and thank him for yeah. that. Cause yeah. that's I, so cool. there was so much encouragement in that with somebody of his uh-huh. stature. Man, It is in Holy our cow. industry.
0: I can't, I can't say how much those initial contact points when you are, it doesn't matter when, but you know, a lot of times late teens, kind of early twenties, when you have your first brush against someone who's doing it, Mm -hmm. who's in the profession, having success, and they give you just a flash of encouragement, Mm -hmm. it is seismic what that does. Yeah. It, and it's so necessary. Like, I, anybody that's listening to this that is any career, in any career, no matter woman, man, whatever, like, I can't tell you how important it is to spend time with younger people trying to do what you do to to speak bravery and courage and encouragement in life. It's, it's well, so important. There's that,
1: there's what they give, you what you can learn from them. It's also uh, the times that I've spent with him, Richard, we... um. I remember sitting in his kitchen and he was like making me an omelet. Side note, one of the best omelets I've ever had. Makes sense to me. Really good. And,
0: um, hey, if you can break records, you can break some eggs. Thank you very much. If you can break records, you can break some eggs.
1: But I remember him, him, the two of us really talking about like the hardships of the music business. And I know we all know this, but it's like, you know, you're talking to this guy who's like, you know, had an a, an amazing solo career, has an, an amazing songwriting career that probably most people don't know about. Yeah. Uh, and you're sitting in this gorgeous mansion and he can connect with all of the things yeah. that I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. You know, and he had stories of like when he didn't get this cut or when he, you know, these hardships. And, and you realize, I remember saying, I remember telling him like, you know, th- it's it's hard to watch the Grammys, hmm. and he's like, oh yeah, it's hard for
0: all of us wow. who aren't at the Grammys to watch the Grammys. Wow, you know, and, and he's I like, I remember that's why I bought like- my big screen. You're Like, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm sorry, we're not on the same page. I, he's like, well, have you been in the movie theater? Well, we'll just get about.
1: a bigger TV. Is it a <laughs> is it high res? What are I'm you? I'm actually not using with?
0: my projection screen anymore because <laughs> we bought a movie theater down the street. So <laughs> for that one night a year, <laughs> <laughs> one night right. a year. Uh,
1: but anyway, yeah. It, it, those are
0: really, really meaningful You know what's crazy? Moments. One more, and we're giving some big shout-outs here to R.M. I met him at probably the exact same time you would have been hanging out with him. He was in Nashville. This was like one of my first little celebrity moments. He had just written this, I promise you, by himself for everybody that's listening. Wrote that song by himself, which is still a mind-blower to me. But Unbelievable. He was in Nashville. I was interning for a guy on Music Row that had this little kind of like room that he did um, a lot of audio video sync up stuff. So he would have voiceover talent in and we'd record it. And he'd like CMT was doing a lot of like um, behind the scenes stuff that he would do the audio sync up. So like the video would be playing and he'd be editing the audio to the video, that kind of stuff. Anyway, Richard was renting the room that day for a co-write because he just didn't have a room in town. So I walk in... You know, I'm still in college. I just bought my first Taylor guitar. I'm really, really starting to get into songwriting and singing. And I loved Richard Marks. I I had his greatest hits maybe Mm. in the car with me at that time in my CD little, you know, CD folder case thing. And so I walk in. uh, My boss, Michael, says, um, hey, man, the room is for we're not actually going to be working today. So you can just kind of hang around the building and see if they need anything. And then you'll be done because I was interning. He's like, so then you can bounce. So I was like, great. Um I said, who's renting it? He's like, oh, it's Richard Marks. And I was like, oh my gosh. Holy smokes. Oh my gosh. So he comes in and I'm just trying to mind my P's and Q's. And I had a show that night randomly in Nashville. And so he walks in and he's like, hey man, great to meet you. And he's like, so you might have a guitar I can borrow for the day. And I was like. I actually have my guitar in the car. And he's like, do you mind if I borrow it? And I was like, oh my gosh, Richard Marks. Yes. So it ends up that he had gotten there an hour early because he thought the right was at 10. It was at 11. And so we sat for an hour, just he and I and talked. And it's still one of my favorite, moments of my life. Cause mm-hmm. I just, you know, I just pelted him with questions. That's yes. incredible. Like, How'd you get started with And And he just told me, and he, he it was like what you're saying, John, it was just the keys to the kingdom. He was yeah. kind of like, but you know, those moments are, but it's crazy to think that would have been around the time you guys would have met
2: It's interesting because I remember him introducing me to Bebo Norman's music. And was that in, of any connection? Like, did you tell him about Bebo?
0: <gasps> Dude.
2: I would it's not be surprised together. if I did. I, I cuz I remember him saying I was like, "How do you know Bebo Norman?" Like, this is this is like, a I different met this world. incredibly
0: gifted kid in Nashville. He was so energetic <laughs> and he talked so much. <laughs>
2: well, because it's just such different worlds.
0: You know right. what I mean? I would I I would not be surprised if I I would have if he would have let me talk about that, I would have told him about yeah, Bebo that. Yeah, cuz that was the
2: time you were like Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Bebo was in my yeah. head. head sauce for sure. Totally. So 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 you get to LA, the album, uh, you are doing your thing. You meet Ryan. That's a, Is that your first kind of big bump? Is that the first little bump? Like,
2: man, things are kind of starting to happen. Yeah. I mean, outside of the Richard Marks story yeah. and then the Ryan moment where he was like, oh, wow, I'm going to do these songs. And then um, that led to two years of me thinking I was going to get a bunch of cuts on records because yeah. it was so oh, yeah. easy. Oh, yeah. That nobody was cutting the songs I was making, so the songs that I was writing became my first record, which was 50 Miles to Chicago, yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. which had a song called Dresden Wine on it that I wrote for my mama. And Dave, you somehow heard that song mm-hmm. through a Blew friend photo. and then called me out of the blue, like somebody called, maybe Chris Detray called, um, your manager at the time, mm-hmm. and was like, yo, we've got this... A uh, guy named Dave Barnes. He's an artist. He's playing these couple of shows. I was like, I don't know who this cat is, but let's do this. <laughs> he, he, they were offering me an opening <laughs> slot, yeah. And I was like, I got nothing going on. Let's let's party. And man, I've told this story so many times because it changed my life. Walking into Hotel Cafe on the first night that we met, played a show together, and I walk in. And there's a gentleman named Paul Mabry playing drums. De La is playing bass. Duggars playing guitar. What a van. And then you were, were, you guys were sound checking. And, I, you know, I walk in, just this punk kid, probably a bunch of pimples on my face still. <laughs> and you jump off the stage in the middle of the song. You stopped the band and came off the stage to greet me. And that was a big deal yeah. to me. Yeah. The servant, just sweetness of you just going, hey, like, I somehow knew I needed that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know I needed that. But mm-hmm. I still talk about it now.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, that was really special to me. But within five minutes, man, we were You're we, we were off done. to the races. We were Avatar. You had told me, um, hey, you should move to Nashville. <laughs> I want to make. I want to help you make a record. Oh, like, yeah. this is so awesome. Sounds like can introduce brand. you to my I told to you about fans. Bebo, Norman. Told me about Bebo. Havid. <laughs> Havid. Havard. 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 You
0: know, you know one of the things that I remember, the thing that's so fascinating, I do want to sort of backtrack, sprinkle over that fascinates me is, you know, I remember Bodo, our friend Lucas Bodo, telling me about your music. And I was like, so excited. I heard it. I was like, man, obviously this guy's great at what he's doing. You know, did the thing where I was like, what's he, you know, I'm, I'm pestering Lucas for, what's he doing? What's his story? Where is the other you know, thing? So anyway, I remember... Um, getting to meeting you at the thing and then you sound checked. And I remember hearing you sing live and I was Mm. like, no, okay. I had a good run. Um, it, I really enjoyed it. I had some success. (laughs) I got to see some, but it's over now. This is now that I've heard someone sing like this. And so it's fascinating to me that, um, you know, one of the things that I think is you're so superhuman about is your voice. And so Mm. it's, it would make sense why guys like Richard Marks, would hear it and be like, "Oh my good? Interesting, you know? but yeah. I think it, it that it that's that was you know I knew the record and then when I I remember that show and those couple shows being like, "Oh yeah, this is." And then of course I'm sure I laid on the Nashville spiel. And how long were you married when we met? No, not yet. Okay, not yet. So then you guys got married and then moved to Nashville within like not long, right? Maybe within a year. Yeah, it was months. quick.
2: Yeah, we right before we had met, there was a pretty pretty intense life-changing uh, circumstance that we had both gone through where my wife and I had had our breakup maybe three years into our relationship. Uh-huh. She splits, and I was like, uh, this is the worst. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. And it was a come-to-Jesus moment for me. Everything changed. Literally, I yeah. was like, it went from this thing's all about me to, yeah. oh, my gosh, I just lost this amazing girl. Yeah. And maybe six months into the process of me kind of like, just deconstructing my life Mm. and getting out of my own way. She comes back and goes, what happened? Like you're different. And I was like, you know, this is what happened. And then within maybe two months of us getting back together, you called with the shows. Yeah, that's crazy. So we were in this place where like, things are changing. We need to get out of the old and into something new. Mm-hmm. And, it was and an that was part of the f- Nashville move.
0: It was just to kind yeah. of, we got to get to a new spot. Absolutely. Like a refresh.
2: Well, following open doors, I mean, you had swung this door open to us that we hadn't even considered. A new town, music city, like different, different uh, I guess, speed of life, yeah. which was really intriguing yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. The LA lifestyle, just the guns blazing, go get them! Like we are going to conquer the world. Yeah, was what I lived in for a lot of my yeah, life. Yeah, yep. And now it was like, okay, we need to learn how to rest, and we need to learn how to just be um, kind of like you know comfortable in our own skin, yeah. not having to always put your dukes up and make it happen. We're just kind of follow the open door and yeah. let it happen. So, yeah, that was a that was a really. Uh, potent season of my life. You it
0: know, was... one of the things that I, I really want to hear you speak on, because I think it's one of the most amazing parts of your story is, is, you know, you, you move here and John, now and we're actually talking about this before you got here and you know, you get, you, you, you do it. Like I remember you getting here, you know, you and Carly got set up, you got your house stuff sit- situated. Y'all, sw- you know, we're living over here in Green Hills. <laughs> I remember that random pool? Oh, man. Maine, so, yeah. But, but like, You know, you really get, you do the thing. You get here, you, we make that record. You hit the road, you're playing with me a bunch where it's all the, you're doing the thing, we're doing the shows. Um, And you really, I mean, we had so many conversations in that time of like kind of the same conversation over different seasons where it was like, I really just feel like I got to do this. I got to like give this thing, you know, you met Andy Grammer, who's I know a dear friend of yours and he's going, Hey, what can I do to help? Um, And And you really do it. You you go you you do the record with B music you know you y'all spend some money you get Charlie mm-hmm. Peacock to produce it and then you do something that, and and you know it does it, your career grows and it and it does the thing yeah. and then you do something that I think is so interesting and counterintuitive and ended up being insanely productive for you and it, it, which is you just kind of were like I need to take a break for a while yeah which I remember watching you in that season and the conversations we would have before the break. And I could tell you were getting fried, Mm -hmm. you know, there Mm -hmm. was that, and you would say that like, but, but having the dilemma of I feel like I got to do this and give it the swing it deserves slash. I think it's kind of slowly killing me too. Yeah. And, And that dilemma that I think everybody feels in some season of their life, um, or I would imagine people do, uh, and then you do this thing that I remember being so moved by and impressed by and intimidated by in some ways. Cause it mm. was so, it's such a big move. You know, it's like you're in that season where people are like, this is when you double down, right. this is yeah. when you go to the yeah. big management. This is where right. you do. Cause you know, you, you were doing like, your arc was moving that way, right? you know, but you were just like, I ah, know, I need to like breathe for a minute. Can you talk about that? Like what that was, you know, yeah, and I mean, you kind of
2: referenced it earlier about the panic attack and all this kind of thing. Yeah. But, I think there was just a, you know, there was a restlessness in my spirit that I couldn't ignore anymore. And it manifested it by way of panic attacks. So my body was responding to a state of mind that I couldn't keep up with. I was trying so desperately to become something that I already was. Hmm. That I was, my body was reacting in panic because there was no way to get there.
0: Yeah. I created a place <laughs> in my mind that I was going. You couldn't get there, wow.
2: That I, it is not, it's unreachable, it doesn't exist. Mm. Uh, and my body said no. Mm. And I'm so thankful for it. Mm. So you, the, the, I remember writing in my journal about the favor of the Lord doesn't always look like a breakthrough. Mm. It, it sometimes can look like the opposite. It's a panic attack, mm. which slow, was right. the thing that stopped me. From the yeah. sabotage of a lifestyle, desperately needing to become worthy of something I didn't even, I didn't even want. Mm. So I got to a place where I just, um, I, I, I stepped off the train. It was like I had, ever since I started playing the piano at the Singletary's house, mm. I had this dream of becoming something. Mm. And from that moment to this moment, I was on my way to that spot. Yeah. Right. And I had a realization in these panicky moments where it was like, I'm chasing a dream I made. Mm. What happens if I get like I'm I spend my whole life chasing my dream that I missed the dream over my life? Wow. Yeah. Like I don't want to miss the real dream. Mm.
1: Which is great. Cra- yeah.
2: It's hard to overstate a
1: how sort of mature and enlightened that. You being even aware of that, yeah, yeah. is for one. for two, it's hard to overstate how scary it would be to stop. Right? Like, and it, it, I would imagine that this is not just true for us as you know, independent musicians in 2018, 2019, '20, whatever. But I, I mean, just imagine like anybody listening. Grinding away at their career, just imagine like just putting all that on pause for a while. It's so, it's such a foreign,
2: it's so antithetical to,
1: to our mm-hmm. culture. Yeah, you know,
2: I think that's going to come for everybody. That's not the move for everyone. Mm. I don't yeah, think that's the right. deal. I, I do think, um, or for it may, me,
1: it may not look exactly the same Totally. For everybody,
2: but what's the power move in your life? You're not happy with where you're at, yeah, you're restless. You're unfulfilled. You can never get to the, doesn't seem like you ever arrive at peace. Uh-huh. Like, what's the power move? The prayer for me was like, what's, God, what's your dream over my life? And that's, that's my experience. That's how I get um, clarity is I'll, I'll get into a quiet place and just cry out like into the air. Mm-hmm. I need help. Um, and mm-hmm. I remember doing that in that time. And it was so clear that I was supposed to leave my entire team. I had nothing on the other side of it. It wasn't like, there's an opportunity over here. I have to say goodbye to this crew Mm -hmm. that I've been with. for. It was like, no, you have to leave your team and put your guitar in the closet and maybe never pick it back up. Yeah. And I was so ready for that that it wasn't scary. Because of the discomfort. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I was like, I had been fighting it so long that I was having panic attacks. So either like, you know, and if for anybody out there that's had a panic attack, I mean – I remember having thoughts like I know why people take their lives. Mm. I understand that. Jeez. And um so stepping away from this thing, uh, this this pursuit of a dream that I had been after for so long was not a very it wasn't really an option. Which is where that ideology that your dad had instilled in you gets
0: tricky. <laughs> right. Exactly.
2: Right. Because it's like set your mind on something and go get go it. Gay, like that yeah. is a powerful and beautiful state of mind, but we mm-hmm. need to be careful not to put that into okay, no matter what. Yeah. Well, Cause, hold cause, on, hold yeah. careful, with an open hand.
1: Yeah, careful to not uh, for the unspoken to not be and this is your identity.
2: That's exactly right. You know. So that was that was the thing. That was the theme over that season of life for me it was like who's Andrew Rip without a guitar? Right. Man. Uh, I remember I we had a a Nashville was really big on Airbnbs at the time, mm-hmm. and just by the grace of God, we got into this little house that we used for a rental, and um, so when I stepped off the road and stepped out of music, we had a little side income that I could rely on, yeah. which was another gift. Like who can just step away from work for two years? Yeah, yeah. So that was another thing I was just like so grateful for. But when I stepped away from the team, um, put the guitar away. I remember ordering just a bunch of lumber from Home Home Depot. It was like, I need to do something creative. I can't just sit there like with hands folded in my living room for the next two years. Like I got to do something. So I had a bunch of lumber delivered and I built just kind of like this patio deck pergola off the back of the rental house. And it took maybe three months. It was like an extensive thing. Um, And in that time, instead of listening to music, to milk it for inspiration. I was listening to music with no need to milk any inspiration. So now I'm listening to like, you know, cinematic stuff, worship music, folky stuff, all of it. And it's soaking into my bones. And I'm like, this is powerful stuff. Yeah, I've been missing this.
1: It's funny, like, as you say that, I don't know if you feel this way, Dave. Like, I can't even imagine... Listening to music without it going the through attention, that writer yeah, that's filter. True. Yeah, How many you know?
2: times you stop a song and go start one because you're yeah, inspired? I'm yeah, just yeah, I'm yeah. constantly doing that. Totally. Yeah. Where it's just like, oh, dude. So in this time, it wasn't. I I was just listening like a kid. Yeah.
0: yeah. Again. Johnny. Dave. Call me Yon's McGee over here because I am fading fast. Uh, no, oh, it, I thought the whole yeah, thing no, was a name. You, just do the name. Just the on speaking. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> because I'm fading so fast, man. I'm really missing that second cup of coffee today. Oh yeah, me too. I need I need one of those
1: silly mugs. You know that say, "Don't talk to me until I've had my second cup of coffee."
0: Yeah, you, you actually you say that to me. So you would need you would need the mug. Well, cause... the mug would just reinforce it. Oh, no, that's true. That's yeah, fair. That's fair. Yeah. But, you know, here's the thing. I don't mean just any cup of coffee. Like, don't just give oh. me some, hey, here's some no, coffee. No, no, just, no, no, blah, get out of there. Just the other day, yeah. I made a delicious cup from Methodical Coffee's Play Nice Blend. Oh. Oh, John.
1: It's so hard to find a great cup of coffee at the grocery store. You know, so tell me more about this Methodical you, Coffee. Do you mind if I do? I would love for you to. Okay. I, in fact, I asked you to. <laughs> and then you asked if I could
0: do it. I, I can, sometimes I don't trust you when you haven't had enough coffee, John. You get weird. <laughs> But you know what isn't weird, John? What? The fact that Methodical is from the South. And guess where That's they are weird from the South? No, Greenville, South Carolina. Love it. One of the most unweird places in America, <laughs> voted every year, top 10 unweird places. <laughs> They roast their coffee to best express the life it lived, the place, the weather, the soil, and to honor the skilled people who cultivate it. That sounds
1: so much better than what you can buy
0: at your local Kroger. Uh, Don't get me started, even though you just did. Methodical (laughs) offers a wide variety of flavor profiles that range from classics that are bold and chocolatey, contemporary that are medium bodied and fruity, and all the way to avant-garde that push conventions. Dave, I'm sold. Okay. Where can I find this delicious coffee? (laughs) Thank you for asking that. Visit www.methodicalcoffee.com for more information and use the discount code DADVILLE for 10% off your first order, John. I'm going right now. Well, you know what I remember, too, that's even more terrifying is you telling me so many times, you're like, I have no clue what the timeline is here. So Mm. I think people listening need to understand this wasn't something where you were like, I'm taking two years away from the guitar. I remember so many times we would hang... And I'd be like, how you doing? And you're like, still at this place with no clue what guy yeah. wants me. I thought, thought I was
2: going to, I was starting to dream of building houses. Yeah. I was coming up with like ideas of how I was going to get a loan to build a house and sell it. How mm. can I get, up, get you a Which alone. I wouldn't have been able to. So it was like, that was impossible too. So I was just in this place of just total, it's weird, insecurity, but never felt more secure. Yeah. 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 It was yeah. like, yeah. I'm at a standstill in the eyes of just like. The music industry, but I took le- just massive, just like nitro booster in my music career by doing nothing for two years. Yeah. so well, weird. Well, and that's the thing that I
0: think, you know, is so crazy about the story is then in a season, you go from a season where you're like, I don't know if I'll ever play again. I don't know. To now, you well, come out of it and then it's like, you know, everything seems to just come up road.
2: Those songs <laughs> that I was listening to while I was building the backyard of my rental, off the, my, my rental house inspired me to make songs from a different place mm. or create yeah. from a different yeah. place. And I remember calling a really good friend of mine who had done a bit of a similar transition in his life, a guy named David Leonard. He was in the band All mm. Sons and Daughters. And before that, I met him when he was on the road with Need to Breathe playing mm. keys. Mm-hmm. So to go from this rock and roll thing to a full-on worship <laughs> band, it's like, what happened? How did you go from that to this like... Cause when you listen to all sons and daughters music, that wasn't like a, some tricky business scheme. Like that was some genuine, mm, that is a word straight ahead. Music, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, how did he get such a purity in his heart? Like to create this stuff when he's coming off this other world, which I mean, rock and roll was great, but like, I'm talking about going into a space of like, he's creating songs for the church to sing after being on the road, playing pop rock songs. Like, How does that transition happen? So I called him up and we sat down and I explained to him what I was experiencing, like listening to these songs and feeling the power of it. Uh, My wife and I were also trying to start a family at that time, which was really hard for us. And I was heavy through that season. So these songs that I was listening to would make, I could feel almost physically the weight lift when I listened to these songs. Hmm. And, I called Leonard uh, and I was like, how did this happen? How did you go from this to that? He explained the same thing. He had gone through the same exact thing. And um, then he was further along. He's like, and suddenly like everything I started writing in my journal or thinking was like in the format of songs. So like, you know, I guess maybe because his past has always been music that his expression on the page of a journal would come out in almost song form Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, it was interesting because that had just started happening to me again. (laughs) So like writing songs without writing songs. And um, yeah, it just led to him inviting me to a a worship uh, writing camp with his church in Nashville. And I show up like never having written a worship song in my life, totally intimidated, but so liberated in the state of mind I was and Mm. just, just this open handed, whatever you want me to do. I'm in and, um, met this gentleman named Ethan Hulse in this moment. And Ethan had not written a single song on the charts yet. He was just getting to town from California, this, you know, incredibly talented songwriter. And I just connected with him immediately. We became fast friends. And if you don't know Ethan's name, just look him up. He's written everything, (laughs) like everything in the Christian worship space over the last five years, yeah. six years. And he breathed new life into my kind of creative process. Um, he was already going where I was going. I kind yeah, of, we yeah, jumped yeah. on the train together and we were, I just had, it almost felt like I had a bandmate. Yeah. You know what I mean? And as a solo artist, you're always like, Oh, you are kind of jealous of the band guys. Totally. Like, you got your crew. Yeah. Well, suddenly I had a a a duo setup, It felt like to me, mm. not that I was going to make duo music, but I just had a, somebody that I could bounce ideas off of and trusted and just immediately inspired every time we'd sit down to write. It didn't happen. Like it, we haven't written more than, I mean, I don't know if we've written a song completely that, that hasn't been released by, by me or mm. somebody else. Yeah. Um, it was just so divine, you know, and I knew that it was where God was leading me. So mm. From that day to this day, it's been a lot of fun. Well, I've, too, I have, it's been so much fun making music in this new way. Yeah.
0: Well, too, and, and what's really profound to me about that story is that you go from a season of so much striving, yeah, not getting what you want, to a season where it feels like, I'm just doing this and it's just working. Which, man, if you want to hint yeah. that God's sort of circling somewhere
2: and that, and also knowing your personality and what you need to what, like looking back on my life, I can see when I'm very inspired, I'm usually in a headspace where I'm up early and I'm spending that time in quiet and I'm working out and I'm eating healthy and I'm hanging out with positive people and I'm on my bike in the park and I'm taking time to do, to skateboard as a seven on the Enneagram, the freedom kind of spirit, like, I need to be having fun. So that became kind of like the filter that I would put everything through that me and Ethan were doing. It's like, if we're not having fun, I don't really want to do this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's not everybody's filter. That was my filter. It was like, I create much better, powerful, you know, things when I'm having a good time. And when I'm not, I get in my head and it starts becoming me trying. Right. So I think it's knowing yourself um, when you, when you're in the zone. And do the things that get you to the zone. Yeah. That genius moment. Not that I'm a genius. It's not my point. But there's a, everybody's got genius in yeah. them. Yeah. How do you get to that yeah. space? Like, what are the surroundings? Like, you so, know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. yeah two, two of the things that I think are so powerful. One is that, and I think it's fun. I love talking about this stuff because um, hopefully it encourages people listening too. But just to see you go from so much turmoil and striving, taking a breath, Taking that sort of Sabbath couple of years and then come out, and it's like everything mm. really starts working well, yeah. but in such a different spirit.
1: Well, what was tricky about that as a prescription to people?
0: Yeah, which again, it could
1: look yeah totally different. Doesn't mean that everybody needs to quit their job. But what's tricky about that is you can't do it for. It can't be a means to. An that's end. right. That's right. Yeah. You have, like the way you said it earlier, I was trying to be become something that I already was, mm-hmm. I think that that's really like, I'm going to be thinking about that for the rest of the day. It's mm. like, you got to just let, just let go yeah. of all this stuff and start yeah. listening to the music for the
2: sake of the music. The hardest you know? part is the easiest part. Letting go yes. should be easy, yes. yes. but it's the hardest it thing, is the hardest because, thing. thing. Yeah. because we're, this culture says we're supposed to go kill it and drag it home
0: and control it <laughs> and right.
2: control it. And like it, the next one's got to be better.
0: Yeah. Right man like, yeah. they say that about the kids, too, which speaking of, that's my <laughs> yeah, budget. let's get into the other: The here. other part of your story that I think is so powerful and you mentioned this in in the in that couple yeah. of years, was y'all's journey to becoming a family. Yeah. Um, I mean, can you speak to that? It's
2: craziness. We're, I don't know, maybe a year into me leaving music, and we're that was maybe marked a two-year period of time where we were trying to have a family and we were starting to feel if anybody out there is in that, I mean, you know what I'm talking about. It starts to get pretty dark yeah. after two years. Mm. Well, it's something that like before
1: you're at, in that phase of life. Yeah. You don't even think just about it. You don't think about it no. and you don't really hear about it. And then, nope. y- y- you know, there's gotta be so many people listening who can resonate with this story. Right. Of that, of that struggle.
2: That's right. You know? Well, I just think there's, uh, I mean, there's no, uh, my experience isn't going to, like the way I navigated my, my circumstance is not how everybody should or needs to. Uh So I want to start with that. But like, I had the fortunate circumstance of having time. Yeah during the most difficult season of my life, mm-hmm. I had time to sit and center, which I can't imagine if I would have been hit with that trial in the midst of a season where we were really struggling to make rent. Like mm-hmm. now I got to go right. to a job I don't like and mm-hmm. navigate this personal thing I've been contending for and not getting the answer to like, so everything I'm a, I'm going to say, like take it with a grain of salt. Everybody's situation's different, but for me, um, two years deep into trying to have a family, we were literally starting to experience depression. Um, depression is a pretty scary place to be mm-hmm. um, because just like we were talking about earlier, it's, the, it's almost when you, when you start fighting depression and putting your dukes up, it, it, you get buried even further. It's yeah. a surrendered lifestyle and uh, heart posture that gets you out of depression. Surrender leads to hope. And I, I think um, that was my, theme during that time was like every morning I would wake up and hope wasn't there. And I knew that without hope, um, I was going to start dying. Like without, when we don't have hope, we start to to die straight up. Um, Mm. and I had gone weeks where I wasn't finding hope. So I felt my spirit just dwindling away and I would get so sad and you'd open Instagram or, you know, we're in the season of life where all of our friends were having the breakthrough we were praying for. Right. Right. And you know what I'm saying? Every time we'd open it up and the, then, and we would be so happy for them. Like there wasn't a, how'd they get, no, it was like. Oh my gosh, this is the best. Oh my gosh, this is the worst. Right. All in one breath. Yeah. For and then another year goes by and we're still in it. And then another year goes by and we're still in it. So we're 4 years deep um into this this season of life. I remember um we had gone through you know uh fertility treatments. We had gone through adoption, an adoption meeting, one adoption meeting. Um, and it was so late in the game that we had already been in this for four years and we're exhausted. So we go to adoption meeting after four years of trying to have a family and we get a stack of paperwork that we need to fill out that was just like – it was like – the best analogy is like, hey, OK, now you're going to start running this marathon over here. Right. You're just finishing this one. Gosh. Right. You're 23 probably, miles in.
1: Probably a really classic scenario. Very. I mean not everybody goes into adoption – at the end of that long of a run, but so many people do.
2: That's right. Yeah. So we took this stack of paper when we got home and just kind of tucked it in the corner of the kitchen, like, you know, and things just started piling on top of it for another six months and then another nine months. And then suddenly it's, you know, after just rigorous amounts of trying to figure it out, fertility treatments, five years of a trial, so many just sleepless nights, exhaustion, our, you know, our relationship, thankfully, you know, in these situations, you either get further apart or closer together right. mm-hmm. and we have never been closer. And I think that was a testament to running to just the surrendered heart posture. It was like, yeah. there's a verse, uh, that, that I, I stand by is just re- rejoice in, in the Lord always, you know, it's not a matter of just rejoice when, you know, the sun's shining. It's mm. it was just a very simple kind of truth. But when you're in the midst of a storm, to walk outside, throw your hands up in the air and start singing praise is a very difficult thing to do. Yeah. But we would do that together, and that was even more powerful. Just getting together, it's like this is the last thing we need we want to do. But that's the finding hope part. Finding hope every day was our full-time job. Yeah. We get up in the morning, it was like, okay. Fill your brain with truth,
3: yeah.
2: Or the thoughts will take you into a dark place because yeah. the world has got a bunch of. There's a lot of distractions that can take you out of. So I remember uh, getting a phone call. Actually, my wife gets a phone call five years into our our um, our season two IVF rounds that had failed. Mm. Um, which, you know, everybody's got their thoughts around that. For us, we had a lot of peace in doing that. So we went for it and felt like it was God's will over our life. And that wasn't even working. That's another trial. You're yeah. doing what you think God says oh, for sure, and yeah. you're still getting, yeah. it's like, what is happening right now? So I'm off writing a song one day, five years into this, this season, I'm off writing a song. Carly gets a phone call from that adoption agency that we had met with maybe a year prior and hadn't returned to. And uh, I, Carly gets a a phone call and she's basically like, there's a couple, there's a baby um, just kind of late in the game. They just found out. Uh, would you be open? Like, I thought of you. That's one thing that she said that wow. was really profound. It was like, you guys came to mind. And um, so my wife, while I was off writing a song, puts together – Uh, supposed to be a paragraph because we didn't have much time of just like what we're all about. And then a picture of us. Well, she put together like a final exam in one Mm -hmm. day. It was like 10 pages, (laughs) 49 pictures, you know, it's like favorite color, all of it. And, uh, by the time I got home, you know, she was like just surrounded by paperwork on the couch computer. And she's like, so by the way, I got a phone call and I submitted us and I was like, oh my gosh, so much peace in my heart during it. It wasn't like, what did you do? It was like excitement. Mm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Which shows how together y'all. are. Yeah. yeah. We were on yeah. the same page. She didn't want to inter- intrude on what I was doing that day. Just writing wise. We had been in it for five years. It's like, we're doing this. The door is opening. We go. So cut to maybe five, six days later, um, we hadn't heard anything. And we didn't know anything about the adoption process because we hadn't gone through it. So we didn't know that it takes time for them to like, you know, sift through all of the profiles. They're choosing a family for their child, which is an intense process. But we get a phone call. They chose you guys. They don't want to meet with anybody else. This was five days before Thanksgiving 2018. Um, So we wind up meeting with them. Um, The day after the phone call came in that they had chosen us, we met with them um, for like an hour. Beautiful meeting. I'll never forget it for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Just soul connection with these people and still have it. Um, They're part of my family now.
3: But
2: uh, after that meeting, they had another checkpoint where it's like, do you still want to proceed? They give the thumbs up. Then we start what's called a home study, which usually takes six months. They did it in three hours because it was like... We have to shotgun this. We've got three weeks till the baby's due. And we were about to leave for Thanksgiving. We were going up to New York to visit some family. So they come over, do the home study. The next day we leave for New York. The next day is the day before Thanksgiving. We break the news to the family that this is like happening. Baby's going to be due in like two, three weeks. We sit down for Thanksgiving dinner the next day, have the family time. Wrapping it up, we get a text message. She went into labor and had the baby while we were eating Thanksgiving dinner, 2018. Jeez. Wow. Red eye, Get just immediately to the airport, get on a plane, stopped at Steve Mokler's house, Steve and Gracie uh-huh. Mokler, who were getting ready to have a baby. they had never had one before, so they had all the gear. So we were like, grabbed their car seat. <laughs> no! Grabbed a bunch of diapers, grabbed a few little nightgowns, went up to the hospital. Um, Met our daughter. I looked through the photos last night, and I don't know why. Like, every now and again, I just want to remember that sweet time of God's just yeah goodness. I yeah. mean, it was an answered prayer that I wasn't even really praying. It was right. like, you know what I'm saying? It was like way beyond what I can th- think or imagine. It was so good. And, um, you know, I remember meeting her for the first time, and then they gave us our own separate room, and we got to spend the night with her. Um, first night. And this is a funny little side note. I told you the Airbnb was hot at the time. So we had rented out our house for Thanksgiving. We didn't have a place to go. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So we went to Carly's parents' house. Thankfully, they had a place. They were still up in New York. So we go to Carly's parents' house with our little one and maybe a handful of diapers, two nightgowns, and that was it. Yeah. It's insane.
1: So did you ever... Like, there's so many amazing things about that story, but one of them is that the adoption agency, someone at the adoption agency after, after what I would imagine is a very, like, preliminary, quick, sort of, like, they just sent you some paperwork a year before. Yeah. Somehow thought of you guys.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I can't explain that Holy one. That's crazy. Divine, yeah. <laughs> That's so crazy. Thought about us, you know. I, I, don't, I don't have nothing. I got nothing. Yeah. Other than maybe when we put Did you go shirtless to that meeting yeah, or something? Of course I, mean, I did. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Have you ever seen me with a shirt on, There we John? go. No, no.
0: Well, the fact you didn't wear pants today is yeah. a little off-putting. That's why I asked. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. One of the things that I think about you, as long as I've known you, is you've loved kids. Like when oh, yeah. we had our kids, you were literally like one of the first friends I told because I knew Rip is going to want to come over and snuggle this thing.
1: Mm-hmm. I remember... 100%. You telling me, and then you were like, "Now I'm
0: gonna, I'm gonna call Rip." <laughs> I called John, and I said, "Hey, I'll never forget that." Yeah, I said, "I'm gonna call Rip after you." Yeah, give it priority. Yeah, um,
2: <laughs> but like, what? So, but he had it. called me and told me he was gonna <laughs> tell <laughs> you that.
0: Hey, <laughs> he had just got. He called me quickly, he and then he's gonna like, call like, John yeah, ready call ready back." call you back.
1: Well, and I remember I was on the phone <laughs> when he called you.
0: <laughs> um. <laughs> John actually called me and then said, "I have told to you it. he's like yeah, you're having you a baby." Just got
1: right. off the phone with Annie. You have a or baby you down?
0: because <laughs> she is. Um, so, so what has so now that you've got little Frankie, Frank the Tank, who is just awesome. awesome. who's the cutest so child? Cute. If, if so you guys, dumb guys dumb see a picture of this child, it'll burn God. your retinas. It How will burn.
2: <laughs> it will just destroy you.
0: So, what what has what has
2: been surprising?
0: about being a dad. Like what are the things you didn't see coming? I
2: remember saying I because of the intense lead up for us to have a family and a, a little one. I remember I will never complain. Like I'm never going to complain. So what? So you don't sleep. <laughs> Who right. cares? Right. I haven't slept for 5 years. It's that's I've been complaining a pretty good day. <laughs> And that war, that war out. Oh, that's good for people to hear. <laughs> it was three months in. I was like, "Praise the Lord!" It's three a.m. I haven't slept in six weeks, and and it was it just man, it comes Parents, at you fast. You know, you've heard it a million times, but it's like, how did nobody warn me how difficult? Yeah, this that reminds is. me when
1: we had live our second. Yeah, and when we had Luca, it was afterward. It was just like the greatest time of my life. And I love both my kids equally. And I would die for them in a second. But when we had live, it was like the hardest Mm. time of my life afterward. And I remember my brother, actually my brother and sister, we all had kids at the same time. My brother had twins and he already had three kids before that. And I called him and I was like, I was in Kroger and I was just like a zombie. And I'm like, I need, I need to call my brother and just connect and have him, like two brothers just kind of, encouraging each other in this hard time because we're in the same season of life and i called him and i was like man i'm really struggling this has been really hard and i kind of told my whole thing and he was like man it's just been the greatest over here it has been
0: such a great season he's like you should have four more
1: yeah he's like i just i've just been i was holding them and they were the twins were napping and Sarah was, you know, writing a song in the corner. And, and I remember just being like, all right, bro, we'll talk to you later. And click. <laughs> click. But then, like, a couple of weeks later, we talked, and he, he was, like you are saying, yeah. he's like, yeah, I don't even remember what I said to you. It's, yeah, it was it's, lies. It's rough <laughs> over here. but lies. <laughs> it was lies. lies.
2: Sweet little lies, man. Sweet little lies. The, I, I mean, it, it just reminds me, like, you know, I think I felt guilty complaining. Because right. I, yeah, this is a miracle for us. Yeah, and I'm complaining about it. Right. So it took a minute for me to like make that, peace. That has with. to
0: be a weird, tricky. It was feeling.
2: weird. How are you going to pray for something for five years? Get it and start complaining. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag kids. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right. That's
0: just the human existence, right there.
2: But it took. It, it did. I was. I felt guilt. Maybe a touch of shame in there. Just a little sprinkle. <laughs> what's been? What's? Just been, the sprinkle.
0: What's been? Do you feel like you kind of have like a superpower you found in yourself that you didn't suspect in being a dad? Is there anything you've been like, man, I'm actually kind of killing this one part of this?
2: Uh, I mean, you know, whatever. We have a lot of adventures and fun. I've got a lot of energy.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> like,
2: In-quote, yo, we're on, we're on the bike and I'm going up and down hills with this 30-pound kid now. And it's yeah. all good. And we have fun. We're we're off feeding the duck like we're, a couple times a day. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I think she'll look back. I hope she'll look back and fondly on that. Yeah, like yeah. We had a lot of fun together. Yeah. Um. But. Yeah. I, if, if I have a superpower, it's that. It's that. Yeah. Which in the kid department. Yeah. <laughs> I have a lot. I of also love. make a mean mac and cheese. You know what I'm saying? No, of course. Yeah.
1: So this is a question that I've, I've asked some other guests, and I, I'm always curious to hear what the answers are. Is there? Is there a part of? your life at any point that if you could take your daughter back to like uh um what was that ghost of Christmas past that type of thing yeah, yeah. you know you guys go back so that she could see you in this scenario, whatever it is, mm. what what would that be?
2: I mean it it reminds me of the moment when I I really wanted to, to make that team and I did yeah. the work, you know, yeah. I did the work. I have, uh, you know, it's been, it's not easy making songs, but it's always been a natural gift to me to be able to just kind of pick up the guitar and play something and just sing something yeah. that doesn't take much work. Right. I, I don't think I was that naturally good at baseball, but I did the work to get really good. Yeah and that's what I want. I I might take her to that moment and be like, check this out. I mean, I was all right, but it wasn't like this guy's a stud and can just play. Right. Um, so to to maybe kinda walk her through what what um becoming a master at something looks like mm. if you really want yeah. it. You know? Maybe that I I, I was I was so I was a pretty insecure kid, so I don't know if I'd want to take her back to those moments. Right. <laughs> <I'm just> like, <laughs> well, it's always trying
1: interesting. to be cool. It's always interesting because the thing – I think somebody asked us that on like a Q&A maybe. I don't think I came up with this question, but my first reaction, the first thing that came to my mind is I would want to take my kids back to a time where I was being bullied or made fun of. So I would want to take them back to something like that so that they can see it's gonna be okay. That's gonna happen to you. That's really good. Can
2: I redo mine? No, but it's so interesting because that's really good. There's
1: something telling in about us in what our brain immediately goes to. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that you the first thing that came to your mind. Is, yes, this thing that you want your daughter to know about just how to navigate through life, mm-hmm. but also it was one of the points that you brought up about your dad. It's one of the moments that you brought up about your dad. <laughs> that's right. So I'd have to that's imagine right. that it's twofold in your reasoning of bringing you know, yeah, her back it, to that.
2: It, I look back on that moment specifically with my dad very fondly, which we've only got a couple of yeah. those that I really go back to. Yeah. So maybe that's why. Yeah. That's why I hadn't thought about that. Um, I'd never thought about that question. But um, I do remember doing a kind of therapy session at a place called Onsite here in town. And there was an exercise where they walk you through. It's like a close your eyes and picture this. There's a You're at the top of this kind of hill and you look down into the field and there's a bunch of kids playing soccer. And one of them branches off and starts kind of walking up the hill towards you. And as he gets closer, you realize it's you when you were a kid and you get one moment to share a drop of wisdom with that kid. And mm-hmm. then he goes back. And I just remember being like, uh, the theme of it. I don't know if this was word for word, but like, there's nothing you can do to be more loved than you are. Mm just like playing this game, winning, being the stud, being the star. So I knew these are two contradicting things. Like I just told you, like you can become whatever. Right. So I think there's like a balance in between. These are all tools. But when we get too carried away with one of them, we can actually, you know, your superpower can also become like. Yeah. Yeah. Your weakness. The weakness. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that came to mind as well.
0: Okay. So we always ask two questions at the end of these. To every guest. So we'll ask you these last two and then send you back into the wild. Uh, what's the one thing you want uh, Francis to know?
3: Mm.
2: That's a good question. I mean, I might've just said it. Yeah. And it, there's layers to that one too, for me with an adopted daughter yeah, like yeah. she's never been more loved this is not a this wasn't secondary mm. this was the plan mm. you know what I mean mm. yeah it's beautiful. that's great <laughs> I hope and and it's true like that's yeah. true that's genuinely like I that season of five years which she's going to hear about one day and the yeah. victory and the celebration mm. when we heard about her and the fact that her birth parents are in love with her mm. and they're still in her life and we're hoping that um, you know, we're, we're hoping to kind of not shelter her from, but like save her from having to deal with these huge things just by having a consistent relationship. Yeah. And it's not going to be like one day, by the way, right? which everybody's got a different story again, but for us, we've been, um, it's been open yeah. and I think she'll, I hope that she'll be able to see that this was divine, you know, yeah. cause we are, This it feels like we have another family. It's not just her. Like yeah. it's the whole crew and it's been a beautiful, difficult, a beautiful thing.
1: Yeah. Okay. Last question. Mm-hmm. What do you
3: want Francis to say at your funeral?
2: Mm. I think, I mean, I'd always hope that the thing anybody would say, but, um, especially my daughter is that he loved Jesus. And that, that, that's just, I mean, I've, from my experience in my life, when I'm going after God, all the other pieces fit. Mm -hmm. And when I'm not in a full on pursuit, um, I'm usually kind of in shambles. So I'm hoping that she sees where that piece comes from Mm
3: -hmm.
2: and, uh, recognizing that that's not just good decisions in life and successful moments. But yeah. it's a it's a connection to a divine. Yeah. Um, yeah, I hope that I, I hope she sees that. I love that. That's great.
0: Well, thank you for hanging.
2: Thank you. I for... feel like
1: we could just sit and talk for three more hours. Mm-hmm. I know. So this, this is will, really great. So we will. So yeah. are you can okay so anyway.
0: so. <laughs> what a great way to start. <laughs> so anyway. So. so next question. Oh my gosh. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thank you. Love you both.